0: So I didn't come to college planning on being a student missionary. Mm. I didn't want to take that year off. I hadn't really found a location yet and I was starting to get stressed. And she said, yes, we need a nurse. Like We need somebody to start a clinic or we'll have social services bring us kids that either don't have parents or come from abusive or neglect situations. Um, gaining trust mm-hmm. I was a big thing for yeah. the nursing portion. Those fevers were some of the scariest because they don't go down normally. Yeah. God Like, I can't do this on my own. God is lifting me up, and He's carrying me through it, and He's going to give me the energy to get through the day. What is up, you guys? Welcome to the podcast sponsored by the
1: Student Missions Department at Southern Adventist University.
2: We have the purpose of sharing mission stories and inspire others to go and serve Jesus with love. This is Edvan Benitez.
1: I'm Emily Schneider.
2: And welcome to Yours Yours to use. Use. Today we have a very special guest. She's a senior nursing major.
1: She spent a whole year serving in Bolivia,
2: and one of her favorite hobbies is to cook.
1: She also told us that she really likes sandwiches with peanut butter and pickles. So interesting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so today we're gonna have Sierra <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> we're so happy to have you and excited to share your story with everyone that is going to watch this video. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: (laughs) So to start out, I don't think we told you about this, but we're going to be doing a little trivia for you. So how this is going to work, you're going to have one minute. We're going to ask you questions and try your best to answer them. If you can't think of it, just say skip. And we're going to see how many you can answer. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I
2: think we are ready. So we're going to start at the canon three. Okay, Okay, here we go. One, two, three.
1: Colors of the Bolivian flag. Green, yellow, and red. Okay, name of the capital city. La Paz. Uh, name of the place you served. Familia Feliz. Official language. Spanish. Um. What's a word in the local language? Hola. <laughs> what's the president of the country? Ooh, skip. Um. What's the name of a local dish? Uh, sopa de mani. Okay, uh, what's a popular animal? Frogs. What, do you know what the population of the country is? I don't. Um. Uh popular tourist spot? Grela mm, Baque, where I was. Uh, most popular sport? Soccer. What's the currency? <laughs>
0: uh, Bolivianos.
1: Um, name a country that shares borders with Bolivia.
0: Um, Chile?
2: 10 seconds.
1: Uh, what side of the street do they drive on? The right. What's a local holiday?
0: Um, Day of the
1: Sea. Ah, minimum wage? That's it! Oh, wow. good job. <laughs>
2: okay, that was a good one, that was a good one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we see that you know a lot from Bolivia, which is awesome. That's well, very I'm good.
1: quite impressed. We <laughs> snuck that on you, so good job. So, to start out today, uh, our first question that we'd like to ask you is, how did you even decide to be a missionary? What mm. led up to this, um, your year in Bolivia?
0: Mm. So growing up, mm-hmm. I heard a lot of stories about being a student missionary, um, partly because my parents had been student missionaries when they were in college, oh, really? and they loved it. Oh my goodness! And so I was always surrounded by all these different like mission experiences and that kind of thing, and it was really interesting to me. Right. But I also am a pretty independent person, mm-hmm. and when I got to college, I was like, I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't come to college planning on being a student missionary. Mm. Um, So once I got here, I loved hearing the different stories at Student Missions Vespers. I had several friends that went out actually to Bolivia and really enjoyed it, yeah. And so it was something that was kind of in the back of my mind, but I was not planning on doing it. I didn't want to take that year off. And the beginning of my junior year, I really started thinking about it. Mm. And I didn't want to start thinking about it. Oh, (laughs) no.
2: Was there anything specific that made you, that made you start thinking about it or?
0: Well, I mean, there are always student missions things going on, you know, like Mm -hmm. little table here to write messages (laughs) or, Mm -hmm. you know, sending a package to someone, something like that. There was actually a student missions Vespers where they asked me to carry a flag. Really? And I had not been a student missionary wow and we when i did it that. i was kind of like oh <laughs> like maybe i'm supposed to be doing this <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so i started praying about it a lot mm-hmm. uh, about like thanksgiving time and was really concerned because i was afraid god wanted me to do it and i didn't want to uh, and as i started thinking about it more i decided to meet with the student missions office and discuss it with them mm-hmm. and they really encouraged me to just apply and kind of go from there So I applied uh, around Christmas time. And I then all of a sudden was trying to decide where I was gonna go if I was gonna go. And you know, you look at the list and it's so long. It's intimidating. (laughs) Like what am I gonna do? Yeah, exactly. And I knew like I was gonna have my nursing degree and license, Mm -hmm. but I also like teaching. I've done some teaching. So I thought, well, maybe this is my chance to teach. So because of that, I kind of kept the teaching options open. Mm and january started kind of passing through and i hadn't really found a location yet and i was starting to get stressed like where do i go right (laughs) and one morning i had been praying about it for several months and i woke up and literally the first thought that came to my brain was why like i should look into bolivia huh wow yeah it was so random
2: Did you have a dream about it or
0: No, no, I didn't have a dream about it. It was just all of a sudden like, oh, I should look into Bolivia. And I thought, hmm, like I might as well look it up, right? So I pulled up the tab for it and it said teaching. I was like, oh, well, I've thought about teaching, so let me look into it. And as I read more about it, I thought, you know what? This place, like maybe they need a nurse. Like it's a school, they have a ton of people, maybe... Mm -hmm. I could fill a nursing position. So I ended up signing up as a teacher, okay, on my contract. Okay. And then <laughs> it was very random and then praying about it and calling the director in Bolivia and asking her if she needed a nurse. Really? Yeah.
2: So you sign up for a teaching position, mm-hmm. but then you ask to be a nurse?
0: Right. <laughs> and how much of wow. nursing school had you done at this point? So I was finishing up my last semester, of my associate's
1: degree. Okay, okay. So you had, yeah. you would have your RN by the time you were right. there, right? I was okay. about to
0: take my boards in the summer. Okay, okay. Yeah. So then I called her, and she said, "Yes, we need a nurse. Like, we need somebody to start a clinic." So then I was wow. like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's <laughs> a big project, a yeah." Yeah. So it had gone from like not being a student missionary at all to not really being sure if I wanted to to all of a sudden now like trying to you know plan what to do for right. this clinic. So I kind of told God, well, I, I need supplies. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this by myself. Right. And, you know, the month started passing, and I started kind of reaching out to people and, mm-hmm. you know, doing the fundraising, but also saying I'm going to need some medical supplies yeah. as I start this clinic. And I was absolutely astounded at how God answered prayer. Wow. Wow. There were so many times where I would think of a supply like mm-hmm. For example, one afternoon, I thought, like, wow, we're really going to need syringes, mm. you know, to take with me. And literally the next morning, there was a box of syringes on my porch. Wait, but <gasps> did
2: you talk about it with someone else no, or anything? I didn't even
0: tell my family. Like, wow. I hadn't mentioned it at all.
1: So, like, people <laughs> didn't even know to ship it to you, mm-hmm. but you were getting
0: medical supplies at right. your house. The
2: ones that that you needed.
0: The ones that I would think about sometimes. Sometimes I would like mention it to one person and another person would bring it. And other times I wouldn't even say anything and somebody would text me like, oh, I just left this on your porch, thought you might need it. Wow,
2: Wow, that's awesome, that's awesome.
0: So I was absolutely amazed as I got like suitcases and suitcases of donations of medical supplies that we needed. That is so crazy. Wow.
2: wow. So before we get into more details about your role that you played in Bolivia, we want to know more about the culture. Mm. How was the culture? Did you have any cultural shock or <laughs> what was your experience when you first got to Bolivia? What did you like the most yeah. about the culture?
0: Mm, I loved how friendly people were.
2: Mm. Okay. Uh,
0: when I got there, you know, I didn't speak any Spanish and so <laughs> and they didn't speak any English. Right. So I think it would have been very easy for them to get really frustrated with me really mm-hmm. fast. <laughs> uh, Yet, yeah, maybe they were, but they didn't show it. Okay. <laughs> they were so so patient and kind that's, and welcoming.
2: Wow, that's very good. That's very good. So yeah. you didn't know any Spanish at all.
0: No, I'd taken some classes in high school, but I kind of just knew like basic nouns. So.
2: Okay. Yeah, so ahora basic. podemos hablar en español. Or?
0: Sí, más o menos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay.
2: That's good, that's good. So what was your favorite food? Did you, did you try any Bolivian food?
0: Yeah, my favorite food was sopa de mani. Okay. It, I don't know if you guys have ever had it before, but it's like a peanut soup Ooh. with a whole bunch of vegetables in it. Uh, we used pasta instead of meat, and okay. Okay, it was really good. <laughs> really good.
1: Did you make yeah. it yourself?
0: Mm-hmm, I made it quite a bit.
2: Wow, we have a professional chef <laughs> right know, here. I know, That's I I've awesome. heard so
1: much about how you cook just like such Aww. amazing food. So, tell us a little bit about what you kind of did on a day-to-day basis. Like, I know, I'm sure there's many different things that you did, so what did you actually end up doing, mm-hmm. even though you're supposed to be a teacher, but then a nurse? <laughs> and, yeah. like, maybe walk us through, like, what a normal day would look like for you.
0: So, I would get up every morning, Around six mm-hmm. or six fifteen, and have my own worship, and have a little bit of quiet time. You know, that's kind of the with a with a campus of a hundred people. Yeah, that's the only peaceful time as well. Yeah. Everybody's still early asleep. morning. Yeah, so I'd have worship, and then honestly, this is one of my favorite parts of the day. Was get up, and I would go over to the um, one of the guy volunteers' house because. Mm that house had the kitchen that we all used mm-hmm. and I would cook breakfast for all the volunteers. Aww. So it was really peaceful, like the volunteers would kind of slowly come in as they were waking up and we would all talk and then have breakfast together. That's so nice. Yeah, and then... Every morning? Yeah, every morning and it did alternate like second semester we couldn't as much but okay. we did for a, a large part of the year. Okay. And then the teachers the volunteers that were teaching would leave for school Mm -hmm. and i'd clean up and then spend most of my morning charting Mm -hmm. different things like medical incidents that had happened the day before (laughs) (laughs) and then the kids would come back from school at noon and then there was always like chaos (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can imagine yeah this kid fell and scraped their knee well this kid might have broken their arm and this kid has a fever and like
2: every day did you have any like Kids that are, that were sick, or oh yeah, there were all some the days time. that all the time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there was always <laughs> someone sick. <laughs> wow. So yeah, with a hundred kids, you can always count on someone. Oh yeah, you know, catching all. a cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I took care of kids for the rest of the day, usually till around mm-hmm. 11 p.m. Um, sometimes I worked in a in a boys' house. I was a part-time parent there, and then other times I was just taking care of ill um, illnesses, doing treatments, that kind of thing. Mm and I would sometimes cook supper for a group, help with that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I tried to visit every house in the morning and in the evening. So,
2: Wow, like every day you were visiting the different houses? Yeah. So can you explain just a little bit, how is <laughs> Familia Feliz divided? Like, uh, what is it? For people that don't know about mm-hmm. Familia Feliz, what is Familia Feliz mm. and how is it organized?
0: Yeah, so Familia Feliz is an orphanage, technically. It's m- actually mostly foster care, and either we have children come in because their parents can't take care of them with their mm. work schedule and they'll bring them to us kind of in a boarding school style except for younger kids oh, right. okay. or we'll have social services bring us kids that either right. don't have parents or come from abusive or neglect situations okay so we have two boys houses mm-hmm. um, younger and older we have two girls houses younger and older and then a house of like mixed Babies, toddlers, and then the oldest, like volunteer children. Right.
2: Okay. So, you mentioned that you visited every single house every day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah. how was that? Like, <laughs> did you were you were you just like checking up on them, like if their health was okay, or why why were you doing there?
0: Yeah, it was such a privilege. Um, I I loved getting to see everybody every mm-hmm. day. Um, part of what I one reason I did it was because I wanted to kind of Get a sense each day of how the kids were doing in each house mentally, because that mm-hmm. affects wow. you know their physical yes, health. Yes. And also um, just how they were doing as far as like, are they getting sleep? Are they getting good food? I was also the coordinator of groceries, so getting wow. food was <laughs> an important part. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just kind of trying to get a sense for the tone of each house and mm. what they needed. Mm. That makes yeah. sense. And so, did you like primarily provide
1: medical care for the kids? In their houses, or did you have like a clinic or like some type of building
0: that you used, like when kids were sick? So when I first got there, they gave me a room actually in my house. Oh, really? And they said, "Turn this into the clinic." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I. So you were
2: living in the clinic.
0: Yeah, me and like eight other female volunteers were living in this house, and then we had one room that was the clinic. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So I used that if kids needed to stay overnight because mm. they were too sick, they'd stay there. Okay. I would hang my hammock from the windows and stay there with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then also, if they were sick during the day and they could walk over, right. they would come and get help there. Right. But if it was something like they needed medicine every few hours, I always just went to their house and did it. Yeah, that's a okay. lot easier.
2: And I feel that that was very important because in that moment, you, you get to talk to the kids and you can gain their trust as well. Mm-hmm. How important <laughs> is to gain someone's trust when it comes to medical field?
0: Oh, it's so important, especially with children because, you know, children like get a shot and all of a sudden to them like, oh no, I don't want to be around right. her, you know, but at the same time, I was doing childcare and right. these kids have very few adults in their lives that they can't mm. trust. Yeah. So it was really important to take that time. And that was definitely one of the challenges for me. Mm. Like so many different things to do, but it was really something that, I realized was important was just to pause and talk Mm -hmm. to them, play with them, and like you said, earn their trust. That's
2: beautiful because you were also ministering to them, you know, and I think that's something beautiful. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think that ministering to people is just sharing a Bible verse or a prayer, but ministering to others, I think it's also like getting to know them, Mm -hmm. you know, like asking like, hey, how are you doing? And I think that's something beautiful that that we can learn from your experience, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, you're talking about some of the challenges there. Can you tell us more? You are saying like having the time to like mm-hmm. get to know these kids in the middle of so many responsibilities. Were there any other challenges that kind of stand out to you in your mind looking back on the experience?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say um, gaining trust mm-hmm. was a big thing for yeah. the nursing portion, partly because the culture around medicine is very different there. Mm. So, as I come in, a stranger, I don't speak the language. Right. I don't fit into the culture because I'm right. still learning it. And, right. you know, I come in and I'm like, oh, that's that's injured. That needs a band aid in this cream. Mm. To them, I was like, excuse me. Like, what right. if she doesn't know what she's doing? <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. So, uh, gaining that trust and having them allow me to treat them mm. was. Really discouraging at times, but mm. also um, a really good learning curve for me of like, you know, trying to work with, um, I guess the differences that we had. Yeah. Mm.
2: So, did you ever get to experience like a very painful disease or a very painful injury, or myself
0: or treating it, <laughs> or treating it, <laughs> treating it. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Not but myself, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I took care of. Definitely some dengue fever. I don't know if you guys have heard of yeah. dengue fever, but it's a mosquito-borne illness yep. that leads to really high fever. Like kids with 106. That's so scary. Yeah, and you know that's kind of going on the edge of like brain damage territory. Yeah. And so those fevers were some of the scariest because they don't go down normally. Yeah. Mm. You have to just put ice on the kid, give them Tylenol constantly. You can't give them ibuprofen because there's a risk of them bleeding out. Right. Wow. Um, and those weeks, I didn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely, like, a scary thing. Mm-hmm. We, um, all of our kids were okay, yeah. but right. we definitely For had a deal with that. Yeah. 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 Did you
2: ever get to do something that you didn't know, or maybe you didn't mm-hmm. had training on in, in nursing school?
0: <laughs> Every day.
2: <laughs> like, did you have any, do you have any stories or anything that, a testimony you can share about it?
0: Yeah, so it was always an adventure because I was constantly researching, like, how do I do this? This is new. Mm-hmm. We're contacting a doctor at home, like asking for advice. Um, one of the things that I had to handle was a little boy who had a cut on his leg. Um, it was a very little cut mm-hmm. and he had just been playing in the river. A rock had hit his leg. Um, the river actually had sewer running into it above. Oh, so dear. Yeah, so it got pretty infected. I can and imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I put like antibiotic cream on it, I put a band-aid on it, and as soon as he got home, Mm -hmm. his uh, house parent just took off the band-aid. She's like, oh, that'll give you an infection, because like I said, we hadn't gained that trust in the beginning. And so, um, they were rubbing salt in it, and then just letting him play, and he was playing soccer, and (laughs) the ball was hitting it, it was was just really dirty. (laughs) Oh no. So I kept trying to fix it, and it just wasn't working, because they kept undoing it, so Finally, we kind of, I was, I said, you know what, like, feel free to, you know, take care of it as you like. I don't want to like overstep. Right. So if you need help, let me know. Right. So I kind of left it at that and uh, moved on with, with the other cases I was dealing with. And about a month later, he came into the clinic and he said, hey, I need help with my leg.
2: hmm
0: Wow. Well, yeah. And I looked down at it, it was a Sabbath morning and, um, it was closed. His leg was closed. There was not a cut anymore, mm-hmm. but it was a weird color
1: mm. and it was kind of dark. <laughs> <suspicious>. <laughs> it was, yeah,
0: it was a little swollen. I was like, oh no, what do I do? So I looked at it, I started feeling it and realizing this is really infected and oh it's wow. closed up on the infection. Oh dear. Yeah, so I started YouTubing. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you cut open a wound and drain it? Wow. Like, what do I do? So I researched it, I called several doctors that I knew and nurse practitioners that worked mm-hmm. in wound care and tried to ask, you know, for all of their advice. And I learned as much as I could. And then that evening, I asked him to come into the clinic and all his friends came and sat down on the bed <laughs> around him. They were there for to watch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And I was still in my church dress and um, cut open the wound and I will I'll spare the explanation of it all, but it had undermined, um, which means that it spread under the skin several inches around. Oh no. wow. And so once I cleaned it out and everything, um, there's this thing called packing gauze. It's a little right. tiny piece of gauze, like super skinny, mm. um, and it's like a long string. And I had to use 40 centimeters of it wow. to fill up the wound you know, and oh pack it closed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I was so nervous doing that whole thing. Um, I didn't want to mess up his yeah. leg. And, so we were really careful though, and we got him on some good antibiotics, and I ended up packing it for a month, and his leg got better. Wow. So lots of prayer went into That's that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that he's is, good now. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah? yeah. Okay. okay. Yep, it's completely yeah. awesome. Normal. Awesome.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have, I mean, you're telling just such interesting stories. Do you have a story? that stands out in your mind that was very impactful for you or, um, Mm. I don't know, something you'd just like to share, a highlight of your experience.
0: Yeah, I think there were so many times that I realized, you know, God, like, I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to do. And I think one of those times was actually when I had been gone for a couple days, And I came back and I was just trying to catch up on everything, you know, this house is like, oh, this kid, you know, has a really sore throat and this house is like, oh, this kid sprained their ankle and this baby's having trouble breathing. And, you know, it was just a whole bunch of different things. Everything all at once. Yeah, and I stopped by a house and the mom of the house was like, oh yeah, and by the way, um, that kid stepped on a rusty nail last night and it went really deep in his foot. (laughs) Oh, great. I was like, oh, oh no, like, what do we do? She was like, and his brother stepped on one too. (laughs) And the
1: I was full like, oh,
0: they, need, yeah, they need a tetanus shot. And the complication with shots there is that the vaccinations are run all by the government hospital and mm. it's very um, regimented by age, which is a good thing. Right. But a lot of these kids have been living on the streets and so they didn't get their vaccines at yeah. the correct age. Mm. So I took these kids in knowing that it might be hard to get the shot for them. Mm. And it was, I said, you know we need these they stepped on a nail we need these kids to get <laughs> a tetanus shot and they said oh they're not at the right age for their next booster and I said but they didn't have their first shot <laughs> like, right they have to have one now And they're like no I'm sorry we can't give it oh man yeah and I didn't know what to do so it's like I can't do anything else right. the hospital won't give it to us there's nowhere else to get this shot and these kids could get tetanus Yeah. <laughs> so I took them back home And I just started praying, like, God, please help us to figure out a way to take care of these kids because I don't want them, you know, getting tetanus. And so I started researching, like, natural remedies for tetanus. (laughs) Like, like, who does that? (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I was looking up stuff and I finally found this one article that said it's not proven, but it's possible that really high doses of vitamin C can knock out tetanus or like yeah. prevent it okay. if people have been exposed. And I was like, "You know what? It's not going to hurt to try." But the dosage was really high. Like it was an adult dose, dose like times 3. Oh my
1: goodness And so
0: these are little kids like 3 and 5, yeah. and I wasn't sure how much to give them. So I decided I would give them the max of a children's dose mm-hmm. and then just continue giving that for the risk period, you know, that they had of mm-hmm. getting tetanus and i gave them the first dose that night and i remember kind of you know running to the next house and be like okay god if i needed to give more of that please just bug me about it later and i'll give more but i'm not sure so i'm right. going to give the max for now and just let me know if i need to get more and i ran on to the next patient and at the next house there was a baby that apparently like hadn't liked a formula or something so the <laughs> mother gave me the formula oh. and it was just this you know big tub right. of powder like big tub of big powder. Tub of powder. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, um, I'll just take this and I'll use it in the clinic when I have babies staying overnight or something. So I'm walking back and I realized I'd forgotten something at the first house where the kids were that had gotten stepped or that had stepped on the tetanus. And I walked over there, I started talking to the house mother and I set down the tub of formula on one of the shelves. And then I forgot it, because I had a zillion things going through my brain. And I said, good night. I went home and worked on something else. And the next morning, I went back to that house to give, you know, more vitamin C. Mm. And the mom of the house said, Hermana, I am so sorry. <laughs> she was like, Two of our kids ate your entire tub of baby the formula. The whole thing? The entire Ew. thing. I, I know. I, they, <laughs> she said they literally got spoons and just ate the powder. The dry powder. Mm-hmm. Wow. hmm that Wow. That's like, impressive. That was a snack. Like That's, <laughs> that's nasty. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that was good. Um, and so I asked her who it was, and she said the names of these two kids who had stepped on the nail. And I was like, wait a second. And I turned around the tub because she'd given me the empty tub. And the vitamin C level in like one bottle was, you know, like the daily value for the day for a little kid. I was like, oh my goodness. This is like tons and tons and tons of vitamin C. And, you know, I don't know why they why they ate that. But oh. to me I was they like, you know hungry. what, God? <laughs> if they needed more vitamin C, you knew I was busy and you took care of it yourself. <laughs> you so go. and they didn't get tennis. So we were very I was very grateful for things like that where I knew God was, you know, re- looking out for each and every kid and helping me take care of them.
2: Wow, wow. That's so. that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like God worked a miracle mm-hmm. and yeah. That's awesome that he was always taking care of you and the kids. Yes, and um, You know I heard that you also went back, mm-hmm. you came back to Southern and then you went back again. Yeah. Like what was the purpose <laughs> of, of going back? Do you have any, any ideas in mind or what did you do there?
0: So I left in May mm-hmm. and I went back home but they didn't have a nurse for the summer so I worked by phone. Um, Doing my best to like prescribe medications and, oh. and diagnose and that kind of thing. Um, wow! Doing like telehealth, I guess, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Wow>. in Bolivia. <laughs> yeah. And so there was a nurse. Um, he's actually there now that went uh-huh. to take my place, and so I didn't want him to go by himself, partly yeah. because of the gaining trust. Right. Um, it's really hard to do and mm-hmm. they know me and then also like language mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had there were two other SM's going as well and okay. they didn't speak Spanish so I wanted to go with them help with the government paperwork and then do their orientation right Oh,
2: that's awesome
0: it was a really good experience yeah
2: so did you get to train the other nurse and do you guys have any interesting stories together or?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was The craziest week, it was so much crazier than any week I had had the year before. Wow. It was, yeah, we um, did all the government paperwork. It went without a hitch, which never happens. Like, we got it done in two days. What? Yeah, which it took us 10 for a little reference. And um, so we did all of the paperwork. We were in Santa Cruz, which is one Mm -hmm. of the big cities. And then we took a 20-hour bus ride to the orphanage. When we got there, Sean uh, is the other nurse's name, he and I actually put our scrubs on over our um, like travel clothes and went straight <laughs> to the hospital <laughs> okay. because there was a kid there and we needed to get him home because um, there's a pretty high risk of other infections once you're in the right. hospital there. And uh, as nurses, we could convince them to let us take him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we were there to kind of to bargain with them a little bit. Right. We did that and then we um, got an agreement to let us take him home the next morning and we went to the orphanage then for the first time. Wow. And there were a lot of kids there um, that were you know, just sick with different things from the summer rations, yeah. like colds, that kind of thing. So we were there to treat them and then we needed more medicines because we were low on that. So, Sabbath, Sunday, Monday kind of rolled around and we needed to get medication, so we went to town. While we were in town, we talked with the brother-in-law, of the director, and he said that he had been contacted by a local community member who had said that his brothers were really sick and that they needed some IV fluids started. And they'd heard, like, Familia Feliz has a nurse. Right? Can they come? Nurses? Yeah, nurses. (laughs) And so, I... kind of looked at Sean and I was like, I haven't started a lot of IVs, we're just fresh out of nursing school. And he was like, well, I've done a few, so okay, we'll be okay, like, you know, we we can come and try to help. (laughs) You got (laughs) We've been trained to, it's just, you know, we haven't had years of experience. So we went, it was like 10.30 at this point, we went out into the jungle, we stopped on the side of the road and like went down this little hill, it was dark. We're like, where are we going? <laughs> There's no road here.
2: <laughs> were you as okay. scared, or...?
0: Well, at that point, we had the director's brother-in-law okay, with us. Okay.
2: okay, So at
0: that point, That's we didn't realize what we were getting into. <laughs> and we got there, and we yelled, you know, buenas noches, like, we're here. And the person who called came out. And he was like, hey, my brothers are really sick. Can you come in? Mm-hmm. And when we entered the room, there were three patients laying on beds, and they were almost dead.
1: Wow. How could and you how could
0: you tell they were almost dead? Like they weren't breathing? They or? were like hardly alert, their breathing was very raspy, mm. they had a cough, they were throwing up, they had fevers, they had a rash and when Sean thankfully had like he had gloves on he mm. he touched one of them and his hand came back yellow so oh dear. their livers were failing. So we didn't, it didn't quite hit us how serious it was immediately. Mm-hmm. We were just like, oh, this is a lot more than we'd expected. Yeah. <laughs> and we turned around and we looked at the table where they had bought these IV fluids and it wasn't only IV fluids, they had bought antibiotics and pain medications oh, and goodness. all these different things. Yeah, that apparently one doctor had prescribed for all of them after seeing like a single, mm-hmm. a single one of them. And so the um, other nurse, Sean, Started getting the IV fluids ready. I started prepping to start their IVs mm. and we were like so stressed Like what do we do with these people? You know, we started nine IVs on them uh, In total. Yeah,
2: Wow. but
0: yeah, that's nine. a lot. <laughs> it was a lot And we started all the medications and we're like, okay, you know, you guys have a good night We'll come check on you in the morning. As I said, it still hadn't quite hit how sick they were And Sean said, wait, 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 let's pray before we go So I uh, knelt down And he knelt down and we started having prayer and uh, asking God just to please give us wisdom, to be with them, to heal them if it was His will, and um, to help them to at least not be in pain, you know, as they were resting during the night. Yeah. And we went home. And then we got back and Sean was like, why are we here? Like, you know, like, how (laughs) are we going to do this? And I was like, I don't know. What are we going to do? And we were trying to figure it out, and you we were like, you know, we're just going to pray, we're going to go to bed, we'll check on them in the morning. Right. So, we prayed and split ways, and just as soon as I got home, I got a text that said, hey, um, they just ripped out their IV, like one of them did, oh, he's no. confused. Oh. Can you guys come back?
2: Confused. <laughs>
0: yeah. And at that point, I started realizing, okay, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I went over to Sean's house, and I knocked on the window, I was like, hey, we need to go again. And so we, this time we grabbed everything, stethoscope, thermometer, pulse oximeter, (laughs) you know, everything we could think of, blood pressure Mm -hmm. cuff, gloves, masks, more syringes, everything that God had sent on the porch, you know, a long time ago. A year ago. A year ago that we hadn't used. And you
2: had some things left.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything that he had sent, most of things was like, oh, this is what I had needed it for. And this IV tubing I hadn't used yet. And I kind of wondered, like, why did God send this? Yes. So we got back there and we started using the IV tubing that we brought and everything, and we decided to just stay the night. Mm -hmm. So we sat up for a long time, and you know, Sean is reading translations of like, how to ask about a medical history and like saying it (laughs) in Spanish and then trying to write down the answers. And I was trying to make sure the medicines were going in correctly, because we didn't have any machines. So it was just with a clock and and watching them. And the hours ticked by, you know, it's like, Midnight, we're like, oh yeah, we know what they have—chickenpox. <laughs> chicken pox, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and the Second hour, it's like, oh, they have hepatitis. But which one? <laughs> we don't know. You know, it's like we just—we couldn't figure out what they right. had. And finally, around 3 a.m., they were doing a little bit better. Mm. And it was to a point where we we're like, they're going to be fine for the night. They've right. got maintenance fluids running. We can get a little bit of sleep. So we went home and slept for three hours. At this point, we were walking. So right. walked down, <laughs> walked down the 3 highway. <laughs> Yeah, walked down the highway through the jungle and got back to the orphanage and fell in bed completely exhausted. I'm sure. Yeah. And at six AM we got up again and we had prayer and we we're like, God, we have no clue what to do. And I think it was there had been times, like I said earlier, where I had to just trust God and figure mm. out, you know, what I was gonna what I was gonna do. But this was I think the most I ever had been like, I am completely helpless in this situation. Right we can't figure out anything. So we prayed and we were like, okay, we're gonna trust God and we're gonna do it. And we went and um, gave them medications for the next morning. They were up and around a little bit. So that really? was good. Yeah. They were still time. definitely seriously sick though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Sean actually stayed with them. I took care of the kids for the morning. And thankfully, the reason they hadn't gone to the hospital is because they didn't have the money to do so. Right. Gosh. And they found a family member that day that was able to pay for them to go to the hospital. That's so good. Yeah, That's awesome. So as soon as they got to the hospital, the hospital was like, hey, you are way too sick for us. And they sent them to another hospital <laughs> 10 hours away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we were so grateful that they were able to find that. And it was interesting coming out of that situation, um, we had a whole bunch of other issues that week. We had a hepatitis A outbreak. We had a chickenpox outbreak. Everything we could think everything. of. And through all of that, I felt, I kept thinking like, I feel like I should be like just really discouraged like why is this all happening you know it was really stressful we hadn't slept but I couldn't help but be so amazed at how good God was through all of it you know he worked everything out he'd sent supplies a year in advance I know and he had given us two nurses that week like if that had been my first week I think I may have packed up and (laughs) gone (laughs) home (laughs) Yeah. but he gave us two people there that, um, that week and he gave us everything we needed And I was just so incredibly grateful and humbled to be able to see God's hand work in that way.
2: Amen, amen, that's beautiful.
0: It seems like that's almost like
1: a theme of the stories you've been telling is like you don't know what's going on and then God is like providing, like you try your best, you know it's not enough, but like he steps in and fills that gap. Mm -hmm. And also another theme I've been noticing is that you keep on going back, (laughs) right? You didn't just do... You did like, was it about nine months? Mm hmm. And then you come back, do telehealth, and then go back. So mm-hmm. are you still involved with um, Familia Feliz? And is there
0: anything you want to share with us about that? <laughs> yeah, um, I have the privilege of um, getting to, to chat with Sean a bit about just the different things that he's doing there and help as little as I can, or help a little bit, uh, right. the little that I can do while I'm here. Um, and also, Sean is working on building a physical clinic. Wow! It's so exciting. No, <laughs> wow, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's something that's really needed because when the kids come in, um, they often have so many different health issues. Right. You know, and improving those is a really vital I- part of helping them improve their lives. Right. And with hundred kids on campus, um, eighty to and hundred and thirty staff, it's a lot to do it out of one little tiny room. Yeah. And so we're so excited to see how this new clinic can just make it so much easier to um, improve this kid's health, teach them, right. educate um, the house parents, and just help improve um, the lives of the little ones around us. Well,
2: that's yeah. awesome. So um, are you inviting, can you invite people to donate, or how are you funding this, this project?
0: Yes, yeah, so we're actually going to be working with Student Missions to be mm-hmm. fundraising, yes, <laughs> fundraising on Giving Day uh, this November. So if you're interested in donating... November can, what? That's a very good I question. Twenty-seven. 20- I think I you're right. Say. I think it's twenty-seven or twenty-eight, I think it's twenty-seven. Yeah. Um, so if you go, and you can do it before then too, mm-hmm. if you go to Student Missions website um, or the Giving Day website, you're going to be able to find where you can donate for this clinic project for Familia Feliz. And we would love to have your help.
2: That's awesome. So if you're watching this, you can go to the link right here that is appearing right now, and you can go and donate for this project in Familia Feliz. So, Sierra, just to conclude this this pro- this program, do, can you share with us maybe a Bible verse that really inspired you during this whole year, that maybe during times of challenge or maybe when you were feeling discouraged, mm-hmm. that really, really um, motivate you in, throughout your journey in Bolivia
0: yeah so I guess giving a little bit of like backstory to this mm-hmm. first I think for me one of the hardest things was waking up in the morning <laughs> I feel that <laughs> yeah because I would sometimes have kids in the clinic overnight I'd be you know going to bed at 11 and then getting up at 3 to give meds and then getting up at 6 or 7 again and so I was really sleep-deprived and um, it was it was hard to wake up yeah. and so often yeah. I would wake up and just say God like I don't have the energy to get through today on my own so please give me your strength mm. and help me to um, be able to make it through this day and to show you not myself <laughs> to right. those people around me and yeah. one of the verses that really helped me I don't remember the text so <laughs> okay um, <laughs> but you know it says um, You will mount up on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not grow faint. And that phrase, those phrases, went through my head so many mornings. Like, you know what? I can't do this on my own, but God is lifting me up, and He's carrying me through it, and He's going to give me the energy to get through the day.
2: Amen. That is really
0: beautiful. Okay, one final question. Um,
1: This is specifically to people, specifically SMs. Um, Going to
0: Bolivia. What advice would you give an SM going to Bolivia? Um, A couple things. One You'll always have a new adventure every day. Mm -hmm. So be willing to just go with the flow. You may have a job one day and the next day that will not be your job. You'll have a whole new project that you're working on. Or you may be taking care of a group of kids one day and it can be sad, you know, they can move on. but you also have the privilege of working with new kids and teaching them and there's always variety. Mm. And so just being willing to go with whatever's happening that day and not expect too much for the next day um, is a really important part. The other part is bring lots of spices for your food because <laughs> that was something I missed, um, liking to cook. I uh, definitely missed having things like pumpkin spice. Mm. So, yes, pack some spices. <laughs> oh,
2: that's awesome. Well, Sierra, thank you for being here in our podcast today. We have one last gift for you, mm-hmm. right, Emily? So we, we have this special gift that we are wanting to give you. We did some research.
1: We did some research.
2: We did some research and something that we heard is that there was something that was very special to you. Can you share more about it?
1: So we heard that oftentimes, um, especially the boys that you watch would bring you flowers Mm -hmm. and it was really special to you.
0: Aww. so we
1: wanted to give you some flowers. Thank you
0: so much. Yeah. These
1: are beautiful. And
2: and this can be just I know that Aww. these are not the flowers that they will give you. Yeah. But this can be, be just though. a reminder of that beautiful moment that you spent there. And maybe every time that you want that you see them, that can be a beautiful reminder that your mission is not over, right? Well, yeah, and you can still witness to others here on yeah. campus.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your stories. We really, really enjoyed listening to what you have to say. No problem. It's my pleasure. Thank you so, so much for listening today. If you liked what you heard today, please share this with your friends. If you feel like God is calling you to serve as a student missionary, please send us an email or DM us.
2: Yeah, and remember that God doesn't call the qualified, but He qualifies the call. Stay tuned for the next episode.